When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of soundtracking uh so we're doing kind of a holiday version turns out there's no good holiday soundtracks that would fit our normal interests but there is a cover album of the nightmare before christmas soundtrack and we figured close enough so we are doing a soundtracking slash cover album issue edition on the nightmare revisited compilation from like i don't know a decade ago Definitely the hot topic years. Yes. Um, so I know that Brian and I have talked about this a little bit. Scott and I have talked about this a little bit. I think we all have kind of different opinions on this. I no. 
definitely <laughs> thought that this was going to be shorter and filled with way more uh, actual cover songs and not just weird long seven minute score covers which <laughs> caught me off guard um brian i know you kind of were in a similar vein with that yeah i don't i don't want to listen to your cover of a score <laughs> okay so a couple uh, of these you know were... scott you know scott uh, does that as kind of a side gig right yeah, yeah i took that's... that personally so that here's the thing what did i say earlier though matt uh I... orchestra, orchestra covers yeah no i said that they should be separate that's true. It should be a separate album. So you're yeah, in the a, mood a, a to listen. Two CD. Well, it's like um, I have Night of the Demons on vinyl from Linaris Records, and one of the records is just the orchestral score. Well, it's not really orchestral. It's um, mostly synth stuff, and I fucking love it. But the other, like the sides uh, C and D, I suppose, are like computer date and all the funky weird rock and roll shit from it. And that's the way I think you should have really done, or they should have really done the uh, nightmare revisited soundtrack. But I understand why they didn't do it that way because I think that they were like, Hey, Danny Elfman, do you want to be involved? And he was like, yes, but you have to do it this way. Yeah, that could be true. I also wonder if the intention and, and I could be completely off on this. I feel like there was another nightmare before christmas cover album that came out where the concept was that literally you could listen to the album while watching the movie and it would sync up no that's this that is this that someone put on youtube okay yeah okay then never mind (laughs) um (laughs) so so brian had pitched before we hit record that maybe we just skip most of the uh score covers and just stick to the actual song covers what's your thoughts on that scott Okay, so I'm of two minds because I've been thinking and wondering about this, the way that we would run this episode as well. I'm worried, well, one, um, if we go song by song and we do all 21 songs, whatever it is, that's going to be a lot of filler. But I think that it would be more along the lines of the way we normally do soundtracking episodes. But I feel like we're going to have a 15-minute episode if we only do the rock and roll covers of <laughs> uh, uh, of Danny Elfman's songs. So uh, I, I disagree because there's a couple of these that I have a lot of thoughts on with the covers. Okay. Well, then let's uh, – how about this? I know you normally do um, the, the songs in the background while we talk about them. Just no songs during the orchestral parts? The orchestral stuff, I think I may just want to say a quick little thing and then we go along. But it's it. if you guys don't have anything to say about them, there's not even enough time. It's, it's not even worth it for you to edit those in behind what we're talking yeah, about. No, that makes sense. All right. So it kicks off with the overture by, oh, there's at least three band names that I'm going to massacre. Can I do this, this one? Yeah, go for it. Duvachka. <laughs> Thank you. I actually actually, got it right. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, okay. Next one you get to do. And um, I actually really like this, this reimagining of the overture. Yeah, it's fun. It's of the ones, this one bothered me the least, but it also helps that it's like two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's getting you into the mood. I think it's different when it's like in between these kind of interesting covers is like right back into orchestra score covers. Yeah, I think the Jack and Sally montage at like track eight is the oh. one that really like 
totally destroys the the flow of the, the yeah and that's the vitamin string quartet which is like yeah the, that was that that was a band that was literally formed for the existence of goth weddings like if, <laughs> like if you've ever listened to their music it's like it's like they just do like orchestral covers of heavy metal songs Dude, and like that was an, um, okay you know you need to as a so we're comedians, right? I would consider us comedians. You need to learn to take a fucking beat because that might be the funniest shit you've said in 2019. <laughs> Amazing. And you didn't even let it breathe. Well, yeah. Well, and you're going to let it breathe now after I said something. You <laughs> we're going to uh, ignore won't... all the Danny Elfman speaking spots. I think there are okay. three of them. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I will say the other thing I do like about the Devochka thing is that it, it has – it reminds me of a Harley Poe song. It's exactly. got like the accordions mm-hmm. and shit going on. It's the, like we said, it's the one that sounds the most separate from like the normal score. But then we get into what everyone knows this album for, which is the Manson cover of This Is Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is which better is, than I remember it being. Oh, yeah. So it's it's arguably, I mean, I still really love his cover of I Put A Spell On You, but it's probably his best nope. cover. Dude, that is probably my least favorite cover of his. Oh, I love that cover. No yeah. one is allowed to cover I Put a Spell on You. I, I don't even... Listen. Manson did it. Fucking Bette Midler did it. No one can do it. You can't You can't fix perfection. You can't cover perfection. The original version of that song was recorded by a man who was blitzed out of his mind. Oh, dude. You screaming can't Jay make- Hawkins, watching videos of him live is surreal as shit. But you know the the story about him recording. I put a spell on you. Like he had to relearn the song. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was all fucked up. He was yeah. super drunk. So I'll, I'll tell the listeners who haven't heard this story real quick. It was originally supposed to be kind of like a '50s love ballad, and Screaming Jay Hawkins got shit faced. And back in the, the days when they were recording this stuff, like Sun Records type stuff. Um, you would record takes. It's not like you would record your section and then piece it together like we do now with Pro Tools. You literally record a take, and so it's live. And so Jay Hawkins is so drunk, and he's like, "Go faster, go weirder!" And he's he and he's like grunting and screaming into the mic. And he like wakes up the next morning and is like, "What the fuck did I just create?" And I tell him <laughs> he created perfection. So that's yeah. But anyway, we're not talking he, about screaming. He created he created his own genre that night, and um, he got stuck with it, which is too bad. But yeah, no, this cover is is definitely like this cover is so good that like it makes it weird listening to the normal version because like if you walk into a Halloween party. And they're playing the actual version of This Is Halloween instead of this version of This Is Halloween. You just want to do a lame-ass Halloween party. <laughs> uh, like hard disagree because oh, it's just different people, man. Why are you so judgmental? I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying. He's just you a listen DJ to those... of Halloween parties. And I DJ some Halloween parties. He's a DJ of fucking just... any party because Matt is obsessed with parties and tradition and... and holidays and god damn this guy I love all that yeah like basically Nightmare Before Christmas is so insanely Matt's shit that he has no way of being objective because it's his two favorite days of the year Halloween and Christmas it's like an (laughs) orgasm for you from October 1st until January 1st pretty much Um, but yeah no I just I think that there's such a because I'm thinking of an actual party like you're going to a party 
to like, you know, fucking party. Says the guy who doesn't drink. That sounded like someone who doesn't party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to party. Let's turn on Marilyn Manson's cover of This Is Halloween. <laughs> I'm just Not saying. even the song choice, just the statement. You know, yeah. that's like when you go to a party and you're there to party. <laughs> You know, party, but like what I'm saying is like the original one. The original one is like if I started playing Broadway numbers at a party versus one that's like an actual song. Like this feels like an actual Matt. song. Yeah, it's great. It's better than the original. Ah, uh, you guys, can cover. we just agree that it's? Ain't it loves his best. Can we cover. agree that it's as good, not better? I'll say as good, but I think uh, it's better. Wait, wait, um, wait, all right, wait. So we move in. You the... you promised me that Brian had like 20 minutes of material just on this is halloween and he has spoken five sentences so far <laughs> because everyone knows what i think why don't you tell <laughs> us Manson. i love it it's, <laughs> it's awesome it i i use it as much as i can when i edit my videos i adore it i think i think the thing that makes it better than the original is the last 10 seconds of the song <laughs> what easily the last 10 seconds of the song where it's like i would agree with scott as much as i could like okay they're both great but that ending is way better than the original yeah the la la la's are yeah. just yeah and doesn't end with a little like yeah, <laughs> yeah a little laughter. <laughs> um all right so the next track is my favorite of all the songs Love on it. this it's it's my favorite song from the movie, and it's my favorite cover on the album. It's All American Rejects doing Jack's Lament. Who knew? Um, it might be my favorite All American Rejects song, Who honestly. Who knew that guy could actually oh. sing? Yeah. I know, but I, oh man, I do love this too. This reminds me, hey, I'm going to get mad for a second. This reminds me of being in Disney with you, Matt. Yeah. This was playing in downtown Disney. It was. I got excited. Well, here's what I like about this particular cover, and it's, it's on this specific album is like all the other ones it sounds like a cover it's just like hey we're just covering the song right this one sounds like the dude from all american rejects is also auditioning to play jack skeleton mm -hmm. in one he's day giving like, it his all yeah he's like emoting like you can hear that he's playing the character of jack skeleton it's in the performance he's not just it? like singing it skeleton whatever but he's a skeleton but Listen, you know how many adult people that listen to the show that bought hundreds of dollars of Nightmare Before Christmas merch at Hot Topic in the 2000s would crucify us if I didn't tell Matt that he was wrong in saying Jack Skeleton? But he's yeah, not, but I I he's feel not like wrong by saying Jack Skeleton. It's the same way you can say Brian Kelly or Brian Loser. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I just, say, Scott, if they've been listening as long as they have, I mean, a Marto. Like <laughs> I was about to say, Vamp is the perfect example of Matt mispronouncing. I don't know, man. You brought the fucking fire when you came up with a new Adams character. <laughs> Dig it out. Dig it. <laughs> On his fucking skateboard. <laughs> you know, the Adams family member with the backwards hat. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, he's always rocking some kicking bands and some Jinko jeans. Yeah, we oh, need a movie called Dig It Adams. <laughs> <laughs> well, based on the box office of the most recent one, it's not happening. Um, but yeah, 
It's a good cover. And then we get to another orchestral one by uh, Emlina. Thank you, because this one I wouldn't have gotten. Uh, which is this one is one of the slower ones, I think. It's, it's harder to get through. It's kind of yeah. there. As far as the instrumentals go, but then we go into quite possibly the worst song on the uh, it's either worst or second worst song on the the entire soundtrack the flyleaf cover of what's this yeah i yeah. don't think it's that terrible i think it's bad because have you listened it to it in the last decade i listened to it at night yeah i think it's bad because i know that there's a fallout boy cover of this that exists that's so much better <laughs> yeah also i everyone needs to know i told matt this i i listened to this album tonight within 15 minutes and uh, this is Halloween and um, Jack's Lament. Uh, I listened to all the way through. So Everything else was like Scott Rogering it. Yeah, like uh, listen to first 10 seconds. Let's skip to 50. Let's skip to a minute 20. I got the gist. Move on. Yeah, well, that's fine. But I always thought the Flyleaf was like the poor man's evanescence yeah and this song isn't really changing anything for me you know what it is that bothers me about this cover is that there's aspects of it musically that i kind of dig but it feels like it's missing something like you know what it's missing it's missing the whole fucking point of what's this yeah what's this is supposed to be magical flyley's version basically is saying like i'm in a horrible (laughs) yeah yeah, she's physically yawning through it but it's like i'm in a horrible depressive state and then I see a uh, like a, a snowflake coming down, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't slip my wrists yeah. today. But I, I, like, I don't will. need that in my life. I like the like when I'm listening to it. I like the drums. I like the like I like the presentation musically. But I agree, there like you can still have that ambient guitar and drum piece, but you need something on top of it to like you know actually, a, a singer that cares. Yeah, a singer that cares, and actually like a, like a guitar, like a second guitar that's like really fucking rocking out over top of the ambience otherwise it's just kind of a snooze fest throughout i don't know maybe a second guitar would help but i don't think that him doing or him or her doing like a wild like sweep solo for three and a half minutes is really gonna make what's this not suck ass (laughs) but if we're gonna talk about songs that drag and suck ass oh dude so let me let me preference this because Preference, yeah. Preface, preface, preference, whatever. Uh, of, you know, it sound, it doesn't sound like you don't drink alcohol. <laughs> of, of the three of us, I'm not even with competition the biggest polyphonic spree fan of the three of us. The, and yeah, because you know who they like? are. I have all of their albums. <laughs> so <ask the> it <laughs> doesn't mean anything. You own, you own like. No, but I mean like I like. It's not like oh, I bought it because it's like a novelty thing. Like I actively was like. Yo, the new Polyphonic Spree CDs out. I gotta go get that shit because I love yeah, that. Yeah, in two thousand four, oh, because you were a sad bitch in college. Because like, how many songs of theirs do you like? Of theirs, uh, I'd probably say maybe twenty or twenty-five. Okay. I think that their first okay. two albums are like perfect. All right. Yeah, like, I like, like I love their first two <laughs> albums from start to finish. But this cover <laughs> is so drawn out, and and like I don't hate it at the start. I was so excited in the first two minutes. Yeah, I was like, and then you have another eight minutes to go. It's, it's the it's. I was telling Brian because Brian's like, I didn't think it was that bad. I'm like, but how far into it did you get? Because once all the other members of that band start playing characters, that shit falls apart real fucking fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 
It's painful. It's the most painful song on the uh, the, the soundtrack, in my opinion. Cause the it's not the worst song, but it's the most painful. Yeah, because the presentation at the start, I kind of like. It's like a creepy yeah. Oingo Boingo song with like- I actually thought that it was Danny Elfman until I saw that it was probably- Yeah, well, that's the thing. And then like, because I like that he's presenting the town meeting as like almost like a guy, like a barker yelling into a megaphone at the start. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this has so much potential. And then they start playing characters. And, and actors, the polyphonic spree, are not. <laughs> but I guess- Yeah, and you know who I'm seeing in my head when you tell this story is Jack Black in High Fidelity when um, the other guy with the like the balding head is like, oh, I, I like that version. He's like, no! <laughs> oh, that should be a Patreon pick, man. I love that. <laughs> Uh, fucking uh, Megan has to be on that episode if we do High Fidelity because that's one of her top three all-time favorite movies. I'll, I'll tell you guys a story about that some other time for like a bonus content. So if you don't listen to our, if you don't pay for and listen to our Patreon, you should because Megan will come on and she'll tell a great story about us having the worst experience for Valentine's Day seeing uh, uh, High Fidelity live in Akron and then I will go into yeah. I tell the story but I can tell it again and in greater detail. And charge people for it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Give us that dollar. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But yeah. So anyway, let, let's continue on. Like we spent enough time on Polyphonic Spree. It bums me out because like I said, I love Polyphonic Spree and I really like this song from the movie. Like Town Meeting is one of my favorite songs in the actual movie but you're weird but then here we go we hit some more of these weird instrumentals we, we already mentioned the vitamin string quartet jack and yeah. Callie montage then it's right in this it's okay then it's right in the sparkle horse jack's obsession which is a which great is a song if juno is your favorite movie <laughs> <laughs> no wonder i fucking hated it but this is my least favorite song on the the, the cover or the soundtrack like it's such a terrible cover yeah, yeah. it's it's bad you know what makes it worse though is that the following two songs are my favorite songs. Dude, the the next and knowing who the next band is and who you are, that's super shocking. The fact that I love that cover. <laughs> I was listening to it and I was like, you know, um you know Justin Timberlake in Jizzed in My Pants. Yeah. You know that face he makes when he's the the janitor um, and he's like dancing with the the mop? Uh-huh. That's that's me listening to Kidnap the Santa Claus yeah. by Corn. Yeah, let's get into this. So it's Kidnap the Santa Claus by Corn. Like, here's the thing. We've talked about this before. I, I hate new metal. New metal is a questionable genre at best. Um, but like, you can't deny that some of these bins sometimes bust out some bangers, and Corn covering Sandy Claus is great. Me too. Yeah, but I also think that Corn, this might be one of the best Corn songs ever because it's the least annoying Jonathan Davis presentation, performance, whatever, that I've ever heard. And like, I, I think to be fair, I stopped listening after Follow the Leader. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like this is the one that feels the most like a Follow Follow the Leader era Corn song because this was like a good. I would say it would have been two years after. Yeah, it was only a couple years after Follow the Leader came out. And let me tell you how many times I screamed all in the family with Mario in his basement in high school. (laughs) Like, my hatred for Korn as an adult is equally matched by the amount of times I listened to it in junior high and high school. this This is a full decade removed 
Are you serious? Um, Follow the Leader, because this album came out in 2008. Follow the Leader was 98. I feel so old. I know. Holy Honestly, shit. if I I think my three favorite Corn songs, all three of them you could consider a cover, but one of them is them covering their own song. It's an acoustic version of their own song, and then the other two are covers. What song? Uh, Freak on the Leash, Unplugged. From the Unplugged? Yeah. yeah the, that Unplugged album never heard fucking so good wild. With Amy Lee, and then yeah. this song, and I fucking love their cover of uh, Another Brick in the Don't Wall. Oh, okay. As if you're gonna say low rider, I was going to actually like click out of Zencaster. So so Scott, I never heard it. I'm sure you never will, but uh so Korn did an MTV unplugged performance. That's where the Freak on a Leash cover featuring uh Amy Lee from Evanescence was. Also I know who Amy Lee is. Also on that also <laughs> during that performance, uh they covered Creep by Radiohead and then also did a a medley, quote unquote, of Make Me Bad mixed with In Between Days by The Cure, and they had Robert, um, uh, I just blanked on his name, holy shit, uh, the lead singer of The Cure joined them and sang with them. Um, Robert The fact that you, yeah, I was about to say, you blanking on it made me scramble so I could make you sound stupid like (laughs) usual, but... In my, like, clamoring for his last name, I completely forgot it. I almost said Robert Plant. I was like, Robert! Nope! <laughs> and then I well, just, like, paused for a So I was like, oh. Brian did. Robert Plant was in uh, Pink Floyd, right? And brick in the, another brick in the wall. I thought he was like, right? Brooklyn. I can't fucking remember. Matt, he was, edit like, <laughs> Whatever. Fuck, Matt, edit this out! No, I feel bad. I just added a D to end Ze- Led Zeppelin. I don't know why. <laughs> Led Zeppelin? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this covers it. This is like the corn that I grew up on to me. Like, this is like this is better than the corn I grew up on. No, seriously, this uh, Jonathan Davis playing all three characters is so good, and it also makes it so much more sinister. I loved it, it's so good. And this is actually my first time listening to it ever. It's really cool, and there's also some really like, and this is this is not something that corn was really known for. But there's some really cool, like, quality guitar work going on in the background during the verses, too. That's like, it's almost like they're making the guitar sound like a theremin in the background, which is like not yeah. something that Korn often does. Korn is but theremins did chords. show up. Dude, it's, I love Theremins that. show up multiple times in those um, little interludes in this, which almost makes them listenable. Dude, ther- the Dockle Finkelstein in the Forest Medley has a theremin, and it's real cool, but I don't need to ever listen to that song. And no. also, I got, I have so much respect for Jonathan Davis because he he did uh, PR the best way you could possibly do PR. And I think that's how most people should handle it. Public relations? Yeah. Like, be a shitbag, get famous being a shitbag, and then become a better person. Wait, you probably want to explain this yeah, to I'm me. Yeah, I'm confused by this one. Because I don't, I mean, like, I don't, was he a drug addict or something? He was just a shitty person, and now he, like, does, like, I think he does, like, a cooking show. Um, <laughs> like, like he's, like, it's the same thing with, like, look at, like, Snoop Dogg and, and, and Dr. Dre. You know, like, they did it, like, the right way, as opposed to, like, the people that started off good, and then they, like, turn out, they, they try to be vulgar or offensive, and then they lose their jobs. Um so like Amanda Bynes. Like Amanda Bynes, like fucking um Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, all them, right? Like not not I'm someone that's just like thinking of hot women from the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, anyone who's a child star, you know, they child yeah, stars yeah, do that's... it wrong. 
Have you ever seen, did you, yeah, I'm sure you guys saw it. Do you remember the robot chicken where Lindsay Lohan and Amanda Bynes fight because the, that could be all I want. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's like Highlander, but it was Lindsay Lohan killing off um, all the other child stars, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I do remember that one actually. <laughs> oh man, Amanda Bynes. I don't know my favorite of like their storyline episodes, which are very rare anyway, is uh, yeah. Enter the Fat One, where someone killed all the members of Joey Fatone. Yeah, yeah. All the members of NSYNC except for Joey Fatone. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to the next one, which is the weirdest band to appear on this one to me. I know because Rise Against sounds nothing like any of these other bands really, but them doing Making Christmas is fucking fantastic. This is probably top five favorite Rise Against songs that I, I mean, and I've never heard this version of this, this cover at all. So a little backstory that I never mentioned before we got to, uh, you know, track 11 is that I only knew this is Halloween and I don't even know what else. Maybe Poor Jack by Plain White Tees, but I didn't even know it was Plain White Tees. So I, I really only knew this is Halloween yeah. from this, from this soundtrack. And I was like, eh. So this was kind of a new listen for me. And this Rise Against song, I loved Rise Against when they did uh, a match in Gasoline. No, that's that's a that's, that's Suicide Machines album. That's Suicide album. Machines. Um, uh, 60 Revolutions per Minute. Yes. Is that, is that the one called? that has a Have It All? Uh, no, that's that's um, their second or third record. But their first record was called 60 Revolutions per Minute, I believe. And it had... Um, Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't remember the... There's uh, Revolutions Per Minute, and then there's Siren Song for the Counterculture. Yeah, Siren Song for the Counterculture was the second record, and that has my favorite song by them, which is uh, State of the Union, because that's the most punk rock song they ever did. And then I got really annoyed with them, because all their sounds kind of started to sound the same, and I stopped listening to them. But Making Christmas is doesn't sound like the Rise Against... I ever really listened to and it's really good it actually feels like more of a punk rock song instead of them doing anthem type stuff that they did and I really like it a lot yeah no this is a this is a really fun cover this is unfortunately for me kind of where the album pe- peters out for me beyond this point but uh, let's keep pushing I don't disagree so the next is uh, another orchestral cover called Nabbed by, by the Yoshida Brothers and I did like this but it's also because it, this is the Western one, right? Yeah. It's too long. It's cut seven it in half. minutes it's and seven thirty and a half. seconds. <laughs> yeah, cut it in half and have like a three and forty-five, you know, three minute forty-five second song, and I'd be a lot happier. But I did like the idea of it. If I were trying to do like a playlist of stuff, I would do half of this song into the middle part of this song called Son of Nothing by Between the Buried and Me that does a very similar thing in the middle of it. It's like a 10 minute song, it's off of Colors that came out, I wanna say the same year, 2000, well, it probably was 2009, 2010, I guess. But uh, Son of Nothing is my all time favorite BT Bam song. Um, and it has this weird westerny type interlude in the middle of it before it goes back into like the kind of melodic tech death that BT Bam was known for. And I think that that would be kind of a cool thing to do. I don't have any interest in actually doing that. But I'm, I, if I have like a free hour, I may see what it sounds like. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that bums me out is after this, we get uh, this. It's a fine cover of Oogie Boogie it's, song, but there's no it's words. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's disappointing. It's probably my favorite lyrical song in the musical. 
the like amount I, of ways that you've just altered different <laughs> adjectives to add them as your favorite something on this album is pissing yep. me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it intentionally too because I know it bothers. No, you. he's not. No, he, no, no. I, I knew. I knew face. he would call me out for saying favorite song when I forgot that this one existed. So I was like, let me see if I can kind of maneuver this one out. <laughs> he called me out real fucking fast. Um, let let me rewind the tape. Uh, I so will say, Boogie Boogie Man is my, my my karaoke go to now. Of course it is. That and Grim Grinning Ghosts. <laughs> Matt lives Disney. Uh, question the though. Song. What what karaoke bar has? Do you that? know what the ones that Matt will seek out? Yeah. Do you know Matt? Do you know why you are the way your life is the way it is right now? Because I think I can crystallize it for you this exact minute. Go for it. I do. I really need to say it over because you just said it. You go to karaoke bars and you sing Oogie Boogie song. <laughs> I embody Oogie Boogie. How, <laughs> how many single ladies here tonight looking to have some fun? All right. Well, 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 what have we here? Like, uh, all right. <laughs> wait, wait. Before we go on to the next song, which I'm dreading, apparently there's an, another cover of Oogie Boogie's song. Yeah, it's available in like digital versions of it. I listened to it yeah. on Spotify. It's also not did it? great. <laughs> Uh, let me it? see who did it. I didn't listen to the link you sent me. I listened on Spotify and the one I had. Oh, Tiger Army. Yeah. Really? Tiger Army? Yeah. That's like a, that's another band that doesn't really fit. You know, nobody fits on this no, fucking album. It's all over the goddamn place. So, Sally's song covered by Amy Lee. Of Evanescence, in case you guys don't know who Amy Lee is, let me talk down to you a little bit. Let me mansplain who Listen, Amy Lee is. When I said Amy Lee of Evanescence, it was because I was reading exactly what was written on the corn MTV Unplugged Wikipedia page. <laughs> like, I feel like Matt is downplaying the fact that he doesn't know that already, and he's like, yeah, I was totally on the corn uh, MTV uh, Unplugged Wikipedia page instead of the fact that you have that shit as a shortcut on your desktop. Like, <laughs> let me go to Corner's discography because you never know when I need to talk about it. <laughs> it's just a whole new metal folder, really. <laughs> like, yeah, that's your spank bank. I mean, in the sense of, is it a cover that sounds pretty close to the original song? Sure. Is it a song that I really like that much in the movie? Not really. I, feel like I don't like cover. Sally's song, no. and then Amy Lee bringing. Amy Lee to the table. <laughs> I don't think I got 30 seconds into the song. Yeah, there's not. Well, thankfully, it's blissfully short. It's like three minutes and three seconds or something. But... That's two and a half minutes that I didn't have to spare for Amy <laughs> Lee's bullshit. She is so fucking saccharine. I can't stand it. <laughs> All right. So then we get into another orchestral one. This one's a little different and fun. RJD2's uh, Christmas Eve montage. Just a little bit of a hip hop I, I flavor. It. Yeah. I listened to 30 seconds and skipped it. Yeah. I'm but then... Go. Brian? Brian, did, yeah, I, okay, I was about to say. I actually don't it, think I finished. I'm um, just... To, yeah, I... I <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the soundtrack or your sex both. life? Um, no, no, I listened to the next song and then I just assumed, which I am looking at the title again and I'm assuming correctly, is that everything else is an overture or score, so I just... Yeah. Yeah. So the last song song is Plain White T's doing Poor Jack. What and it's a good cover, it's just not something, and it's, okay, this is blissfully short because it's two and a half minutes. Yeah. And so it's it's not that bad, but I also don't ever need to listen to it again because I don't even like poor Jack. Plain, plain White Tees as a band 
is such an interesting group to me because if you listen to everything that they put out after Hey There Delilah, you would imagine that they were just some weird acoustic duo. But they were like a legitimate indie rock band. Like they played it. No, dude, Please Stop is such a good record. Or mean. Stop. The first record. You, did you know them before Hey There Delilah got big? I, mean, I knew I did not. Like I knew people, because I was friends with enough people that liked cool music okay. that they would be like, yo, Plain White Tees is pretty tight. And then Hey There Delilah came out. And I was like, eh, I mean, it's okay. But then they. It's actually not. I mean, I didn't like that song until about five years ago. And then I learned how to play it. It's a fun and I, song. It's a really, really good song. I really but it's like. It's super creepy. I really like uh, on that same album that, like, Hey There Delilah's on is the opening track, Our Time Is Now. It's like a really good jam. Uh, and actually, the song that I've been really into by playing White Tees lately is Friends Don't Let Friends Drunk Dial. Um, I don't know that one. Dude, it's. Like, how that didn't get released as a single is, like, mind-blowing, because it's a very, like, Fountains of Wayne, like, pop song. Like, it's well, very that explains why you like it. Oh, dude, I love... Like, their first two records are so good, dude. You, have you listened to their first two records? No, I'll have to check out the, the earlier stuff. Yes. Uh, Stop and... What's the second record called? Um, All That We Needed? Yeah. Take... Please take... Or, uh, take Me Away is such a good song, and, um... Penny, Perfect For You is an awesome song that's on the first record. And uh, All That We Needed is such a good song. I really loved their first two records, and I saw them in concert like six times over the course of maybe a calendar year because they kept coming around, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll go see them. They opened... Here's a really, really... The two uh, shows, the bills that I remember that were so strange. One, the first... I think it might have been the first or second time I saw Plain White Tees. Um, was... They played... It wasn't the first time. It was the second time I saw them. They opened up for a Wilhelm Scream who opened up for somebody else and I can't remember... Against me? So here's the... It was... Um, Oh my God! Who did that song? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking it up. Hold on one sec. Car wash. Damone. You ever remember Damone? No. So Damone was this like. She wanted to be. Uh, the singer. She wanted to be Joey Ramone, but she had a band that wanted to be, like a power pop kind of band and so they landed halfway between fountains of wayne and oh who's the song that did kill that girl uh there are the electrocutes in 10 things i hate about you uh or no no no, that wasn't 10 things i hate about you it was uh driving crazy um oh the donnas the donnas jesus christ man i i i am not on my game tonight but yeah it was like if you were to throw a dart and it went 50 50 50 donnas fountains of wayne Literally, that's what the that's what Damone's style sounded like. Gotcha. But Damone opened up, and we had seen them. They were a side one dummies band, uh, side one dummy band that had a bunch of bands that I had a buddy who was on the street team, and so he was like, hey, "So and so has a new record out. Let's listen to it." I'm like, "Okay," and a lot of it was mediocre, but I did like Damone, and I loved playing my tees because their first record was on side one dummy. I don't know if their second one was or not, but neither here nor there. It was very weird for it to be Damone, Plain White Tees, a Wilhelm screen, Scream against me. Because, like, a Wilhelm Scream maybe fits with against me, but the whole so- setup was very odd. Yeah, that's a and strange, then the set- strange so weird. lineup. But that was like, and then Plain White... 
you you posted the thing on the Facebook group about the skank for God thing, which <laughs> led to a bunch of different conversations. But like that's kind of like that basement show that I mentioned I went to, which was like the only connective tissue between the five bands that played was that they were all Christian musicians. But it was like mm-hmm. Reliant K before they were signed. So it was just like when they were still kind of a snotty Blink-182 kind of band. Oh yeah, and then it was followed. They, they were from the next town over from me, yeah. so I know I knew them at that time. They were followed by Fillmore, which was like a pop punk band that did all like '80s hair metal type guitar work. And then it was a trip hop band called Soul Junk, a swing band called the W's, and then a ska band called Five Iron Frenzy. Like, dude, I saw the W's. Dude, the W's were a fun time. <laughs> yeah, swing was always fun. It didn't matter what they were yeah. singing about. I don't give a fuck what people say. <laughs> like, okay, swing is a more embarrassing subgenre to like than ska, but swing, uh, scrolling zippers. I mean, that's dude, all you need to know. Scrolling zippers is so fucking good. <laughs> uh, every every song that they did is perfect it sounds like it came out of the 30s and 40s and you can't just like like the thing that's going on zippers is like i can't wrap my my head around how that band is even formed because it's not like you can just like call up a buddy and form a swing band like scroll nut zippers where it's like banjos and clarinets and xylophones and shit like you've got to seek out the musicians that you need for that I think that the guitar slash banjo player and the singer female singer were so the two singers I believe they're husband and wife. I think so. But yeah. I'm I might be wrong about that. But um yeah, scrolling zippers were super cool. But the other time I saw Plain White Tees was even weirder in my opinion, because it was September eleventh, two thousand three or four, I can't remember. It was um Yellow Card was headlining. Okay. And they were it was I only know that it was September eleventh because they played Believe, that song about September eleventh, two thousand one on September 11th and I had tears in my eyes that might have been the whiskey that I was drinking underage at the time but I don't know um so that must have been 2003 because I wasn't 21 yet we t- we smuggled it into the venue in a Mountain Dew bottle in our cargo pants if that really um that should that should paint the picture for you but yeah uh it was so funny because people were all there for yellow card because Ocean Avenue had dropped and people were losing their sh- fucking shit because Way Away was on MTV and you know uh, I think Ocean Avenue would actually come out too, like the single. So what people weird, were weird. Like, it's so weird to think about how many bands were like on MTV at this point. Where like I wasn't, I would never say that I was like that person who knew them first, but they, I knew of them. Oh, I was. Like, <laughs> like it was like, I, yeah, dude. Have I told you? So you were talking about that basement Christian uh, punk show or whatever. The time that I saw Yellow Card, it was it was uh, over it. Oh, I remember uh, over it. Yeah. Oh, it was it was all Lobster Record bands at the time. I th- well, maybe. And that was I can't remember Lobster what. Lobster Records was like the label that I kind of knew some of the bands because before I became friends with Shrop and he was like doing concert promotions on his own, he had become friends with the the guy at Lobster Records. So he would just send him like all of oh, the yeah. Lobster releases and be like, "Hey, if you want to book any of these guys, just let me know." So he would book like Tokyo Rose and like all those bands because of Lobster. Were they on? They were on Lobster? I think they were either briefly on Lobster or they were like a local band that was in in discussions with. Happy Christmas, guys. Enjoy this little Christmas soundtracking episode. Uh, You know, it took us 52 minutes to record. I'm sure it'll be much shorter when it comes out. But thank you again for listening and checking us out as always. And tune in next week for another normal episode of Horror Movie Night.
What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 